Okay, episode seven of Becoming a Better Nurse, where we're here to empower, teach, and motivate all healthcare providers, new and old. <laughs> this is Aaron and Rebecca de Trinidad, your co-hosts. Hi. We're going to be talking about toxic work environments tonight. Got a lot to say. Well, we wanted to um, start off by talking about our weekend and how nice it was to be with Aaron's family. Mm-hmm. Um, they come from Miami, and they're always full of energy and my, laughing. And my brother, it, we had the the weekend. My family came down, came up because they're from Miami, so we're over in Tampa Bay. It was my brother, it was my cousin, my grandmother, my mother and dad, my two aunts. It was a lot of fun. They cooked, we cooked, we spent two nights together. My cousin lives um, about 45 minutes away, so we spent the first night at her house, and then we came back and spent the night at my house. Just a lot of food, just a lot of good time. They're really good people, like no drama, very fun to be around, Um, and they're really good cooks. Uh, My grandma brought me like this huge pan of tres leches and it's like homemade it's like the this best recipe of tres leches i've ever had mm-hmm. and i've you know compared to any restaurant that i've ever been to <laughs> so if anybody wants some tres leches hit me up yeah, i'll try it <laughs> yeah and we'll give you some yeah. at a good price yeah yeah it was nice i'm i uh, gotten to know aaron's family and it's been really um fun they're very inviting and accepting and i'm very lucky very lucky to have married a man with wonderful family yeah i i am blessed too because i know there's a lot of families out there who are just tough to deal with lots of issues you know especially working in healthcare, you see a lot of um, people complain about their drunk husband or drunk wife you know it's just it's hard man i'm just blessed to have a really good family and um you're gonna have to meet mine more yes more of my family I know that, you know, after my grandfather died, it, it could have really devastated our family, but I feel like it brought us closer together, and that's such a good thing. I f- growing up, when I was younger, I didn't like spending a lot of time, a lot of time um, with my family. I was restless. I was doing just a lot of things for myself, and as I get older, I realize that, you know, friends come and go. It's really just about family at the end of the day, so I, after my grandfather, I, after my grandfather died, I told myself I needed to spend more time with my family. And um, it's changed my whole perspective on life, just really understanding where I come from and how they are. It really has answered a lot of questions that I had growing up. I know it has. So they shape, they shape us. Your, um, your family does shape you, whether you like it or not. Oh. Um, another thing I was excited about this weekend is we got our business cards in. So I have my new business card. It's got all my information on it. And we'll show it to the camera <laughs> on YouTube. It's got a little purple for the girls, and Aaron's is uh, the same but white. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty excited about that. We're official. Yep. So <laughs> let's start heading into this topic of toxic work environment. So have you guys ever felt dread walking into your unit to work for your shift? Or have you ever felt like calling out because you just don't want to deal with it today? Or how about you stay away from the charge nurse because you get a nervous feeling every time you need to bring something up to them? 
Oh, I got a better one. Um, what about when you avoid somebody who's on the schedule that you don't get along with, so you try to schedule your days off of them, or when you get around them, you tense up? Yeah, it's a good one. Anymore? Anyone? Anyone ever feel this way? Yeah, anybody ever feel these ways? I feel like we have so much more. Do you feel drained just walking in to get your assignment? Or how about not fulfilled, um, not happy, always stressed? Do you feel paranoid when you leave the unit after your shift that something is amiss or that you might be missing something or you might get a call or an email later about it? Or you're afraid to mess up, like you're going to work dreading you don't miss anything? Have you ever felt bullied? Like people pick on you, there's clicks at work and they target you? Or you always feel dumb for asking a question? It's very likely you might be in a toxic work environment. We got the topic from toxic work environment. Kind of a natural, kind of a natural um, segue into from burnout. We had talked about last time, last podcast. And there seems to be a correlation with some of the same traits of how you get burnt out and being in a toxic work environment. It also is very prevalent along the social media we've been um, looking at and reviewing and commenting on, and we thought it was a good topic to discuss. Yeah, it's it's not just on social media where a lot of people are complaining about the effects of burning out or working in a toxic environment. It's worldwide. Nurses from the UK, nurses in Australia, people we've talked to, it's just everywhere. Some places are really bad, other places are very good, but it is a common thing, um, these toxic work environments. We just got to talk about and classify them, what constitutes a toxic work environment, and also why we're even talking about it. Obviously, one of the reasons we're talking about it is because um, it's happening everywhere, and it's causing a lot of burnout, and it's also causing a lot of good nurses to leave the, uh, the nursing field. And toxic work environments are everywhere. It doesn't matter the it doesn't matter the environment that you're in. Um, or the, um, but we're going to focus on nursing since we're talking more about nursing topics. The reason why we're doing this is not only because all these nurses are complaining about it. Um, we've studied and there's research suggesting that high high highly toxic environments lead not only to burnout as we just mentioned. But it also leads to low productivity. People, poor patient outcomes. Poor, so you have low productivity leads to, leads to poor patient outcome. Um, it can lead to PTSD in some nurses. High stress, high 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 trauma, high stress. Uh, some some nurses have been put on medications because of these situations. Whether they've been bullied or they've just been handling way too much stress in their life and their uh, career. And so. It's really an epidemic worldwide, and it's not just because of one certain thing. It's a multifaceted view that, when combined, creates an environment that's just not healthy for you. Toxic work environments, by definition, are an unhealthy, toxic culture that prevents individual, professional, and organizational growth, and your self-esteem is slowly eroded. We don't want to do a lot of terms for this topic. We really want to just talk about, you know, off the cuff, keep you engaged. But I think it's important to to 
focus on exactly the definition. Even though we, many of us have experienced a toxic work environment um, at one point or another, and we kind of have our own definition, but there is a def- definition of it, and it's lots of um, articles about it. And the NIH did a study on toxic work environment back in uh, May of 2018, and they compared, they basically said that it, it leads to, jo- to low job productivity, which obviously leads to everything else, poor patient outcome, etc. The opposite of a toxic work environment would be a collaborative work environment, a place that's you feel happy, you feel joy, you feel harmony, there's kindness, there's no bullying, there's politeness, there's cooperation. In a toxic uh, some of the signs that attribute to that are, for example, gossiping. And that's a very uh, heavy subject because gossip can be both good and bad. You can gossip good about somebody and say, man, did you see what uh, Sherry did with that patient? Man, she did such a great job. So that's that's good gossip, you know, when she's not around and you're talking highly of somebody. There's also bad gossip when you just are being nasty and catty about somebody and saying, man, did you see how what she did? She's so dumb. I would, I, what I hear a lot is, if I was a, a patient, I wouldn't want that nurse to take care of me. That's really bad gossip and really shows how bad of a, an environment you can be in when you have people like that. Um, rudeness as well. You can have people, some nurses who, who scoff at you, they roll their eyes, they're irritable. Bullying is a big one in a toxic work environment. Um, constantly getting sick is because of the high stress, so you're constantly calling out. High turnovers are, can be also a sign of toxic work environments. Favoritism from managers, if some, if some nurses get some favors and others don't, people aren't treated the same, those are signs of toxic work environment. Narcissistic leaders who take credit for things that they didn't do, and even and don't give enough credit to those that help them. A lack of transparency, and then also sometimes without these signs, maybe your gut is telling you that something's off. These can all lead to toxic work environments, on top of many, many, many other symptoms. Um, and then some of you are probably like, "Man, that sounds where I'm work. That sounds just like where I'm working." Or people. Also, also listening can be like, that sounds like every place that I've been working. <laughs> That's not the case. There's some places that I've worked at. Uh, I've been nursing 10 plus years and I've been in the business sector probably another five or 10 plus years on top of that. I'm, you know, um, Rebecca's been nursing for 20 plus years. So there are places that are really good with really good culture, productivity, and other places that are really bad, both nursing and not nursing. Really, environments are made up of people, and the people make the culture. So when you talk about toxic work environments, you're talking about toxic work culture, and that culture is made of people. And the relationships with every, that every, each of them have with each other. There's a quote that I heard from a doctor, I forgot her name, but she says that people don't leave, don't leave their jobs, they leave toxic work cultures. And I think that's such a great perspective on looking and maybe if you're a leader, seeing if your unit or your place that you're leading is toxic. Maybe do an audit on your unit right now to see if you are leading that toxicity or if your unit is toxic and there's certain people that are causing it. So 
AACN puts out a Bold Voices magazine, and they just so happen to have an article about healthy work environments. And they put out a standard in February of 2019 of six healthy work environment um, standards that need to be in place. And part of that came along when they had done a survey on um, to the critical care nurses and it said nurses who intended to leave reported that these changes could make them stay. Better staffing, respect from management, better leadership, improved salary, respect from administration, and meaningful recognition. And they did a follow-up study and, and those nurses that were in environments where they had enacted these six standards um, to improve their work environment, 66% increase in the quality of patient care. 66%. 61% said they intended to stay in their positions. And what decreased the most was 80% negative incidences from the year prior. So repeat that again. Which part? All of it. Just what, what needs to be done? So... The, well, the, stand, the, health, the six healthy standards that need to be enacted are skilled communication. What does that mean? Nurses need to be proficient in communicating their, as they are in their clinical skills. So you can be a great nurse, but you don't communicate good. That To who? To each other uh. and to the doctors. That means the doctors, the nurses, the management needs to be effective communication. You can teach that, though. It's not like you need to come in knowing how to communicate yeah it's a skill that can be taught and it needs to be learned because um it's part of human human interaction to begin with and a healthy relationship in your personal life uh, professional life everything i guess yeah you're right even in relationships you know you have a healthy dose of communication Mm -hmm. that helps that goes a long way yeah for collaboration What's the second one? True collaboration. Oh. Nurses must be relentless in pursuing and fostering true collaboration. So it goes with communication. Yeah, true collaboration is, I mean, it's important, but it's also, you got to look at um, collaborating in everything, whether it's somebody helping you out, uh, admitting a patient, or whether it's you making sure you're not negative when something happens um, and being positive, I think, when you collaborate in that sense or just speaking highly of somebody. I know sometimes in shift change, we always intru- we sometimes introduce the oncoming nurse, and we always speak highly of them to set up to set the environment for the patient that they're going to have a positive, great day. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Healthy standard number three was effective decision making. Nurses must be valued and committed partners in making policy, and valued partners meaning they want part of that. Part of that respect from their uh, management and respect from uh, meaningful recognition is part of that when you work with the doctors and you work well together with the nursing team, the management team, all that is great for effective decision making um, for both patient care and how your unit would be run. Um, When you want to have, you have input with changes or you have input with. Policy making, things Some, like that. Sometimes I work with the shared governance. When you actually think of changes and you apply them into your unit, 
I know sometimes shared governance can be a dog and pony show, but effective decision making is when these actual shared governances do something about it. Also, when the doctor takes what you say into consideration and applies a plan with their patients. So that those are those are ways. So it's not just about decision making; it's about effective decision making because you can make a poor decision based on some old information. It just doesn't help anybody. Well, um, it also there's. There's these effective um, hospital, the hospitals that have a really good um, doctor-nurse rapport, have wonderful patient outcomes, and um, everyone feels like they're a team. And I've read plenty of articles lately about um, doctors and nurses that have that relationship and how rewarding it is for mm. both of them. Yeah. Appropriate staffing, definitely something that we've all taught, we've all felt with um, needs to change with nursing. There's a shortage coming. Um, there's a shortage in some places already, and appropriate staffing for sure would help with the work environment. The people that are having a hard time finding a job, maybe it could be because of the state that you're in. If you come to Florida, there's so many jobs. Um, and the staffing, depending on the hospital you work at in the unit, can be understaffed. Mm-hmm. But where I work, it's actually a really good place. The staffing is appropriate. It's really nice. Um, but not all places are like that. And we've heard crazy horror stories. So, but appropriate staffing is one of the best, one of the best, the best, I think personally for um, just patient safety. Uh, people can can juggle their assignment a little bit better. They can take their time with their patients. They have more uh, bedside manner instead of being rushed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaningful recognition is one that people really want for a healthy work environment, and we've kind of talked about that with the decision making. But also, when someone does well, um, I was working at a place where they asked you, "What do you like?" and for recognition, some people like public recognition. Some people prefer a little gift or a gift card or an email. Everybody's a little different, but if there's choice if there's a, an array of ways for you to um, recognize mean have a meaningful recognition and it's not the same people always getting the recognition spread it around you know have have um, have different different uh, celebrations for different things everyone's got a different strength and weakness um, just feel like the leadership is really taking a interest in their staff and their accomplishments on the unit and with patient care and um, all that good stuff is part of feeling the reward, getting a little bit of positive feedback um, on a more common, on a more uh, routine basis. Yeah. And, uh, and lastly, authentic leadership. Ultimately, cultures um, are made up of people, but there is a spearhead and the spearhead leads everything. So if you have a leader who is not a visionary, then that's fine. You can have somebody who's not a visionary. But if you have a poor leader who likes to gossip, likes to throw the blame at others, that's not very good authentic leadership. A good authentic leader is somebody who um, takes the buck, is a servant who is on the sidelines with the nurses, knows about them, um, empathizes with them, promotes positive behavior. Those are really good, authentic leaders. So with those six healthy work standards, AACN has recommended people enact in their units. But, and then that was the survey that they tested the nurses and found that when they enacted those, 
these improvements happened. With the 66% of the quality of patient care, it went up. And um, the negative incidences went down by 80% from the year prior. That means almost almost 100% turnaround for people who were unhappy with what was going on. And those are good things to apply if you are if you are a leader in, in, in a toxic environment. But what about if you aren't a leader and you're a staff nurse that just came on and you're noticing all these weird behaviors? You know, what do you do then? Yeah. Well, um, that's a tough one to know what to do. What you, if you're a new nurse coming on? I would hope that you had a preceptor or a mentor of some sort that you could um, talk to, um, feel comfortable in the safe space to talk about your your concerns or your feelings or the incidences that might have occurred, so that you um, have someone in your corner. I think that you sh- that if you are coming into an environment that's toxic, and it's evident that it's toxic, it's not just one or two things, but the entire system is is. Is affecting you you're overly stressed there's gossiping there's bullying there's favoritism the staffing is horrible i think honestly the best scenario for you is to probably is no it's not to probably is to leave is to find an exit strategy because there are so many other environments that are better than toxic ones and it's just about finding them typically places where you're hired as soon as possible are places that are constantly having a high turnover and that's not all of them, but you have how many more years left of nursing and why struggle and keep being stressed for the rest of those remaining years when you can find a place that's going to benefit you more and allow you to share your gift to the world? I, I agree with the leaving part. Um, definitely when you feel there's several factors involved I don't know many nurses that don't have other options because nursing, to me, I feel has a lot of options for you. But you don't, I, you know, don't want people to think that, you know, I want you to be careless about your job, but you definitely need to have an exit strategy, have a, an end date that you know that you're going to be done with this place because that will help you focus on dealing with the everyday toxicity. And then you, you'll realize when you leave that the world is bigger than that little place that you were at and all those little problems or all those little all those little uh issues that came up were not that important because you're going to be in a better place so i don't know why it's like that sometimes it's like you go into nursing school and it's constant stress so you're already put into this world that you know stress is normal um, and then because you've experienced stress for two plus years, and then if you're doing a bachelor's, that could be another two more years of more stress, and then you have to take your NCLEX. So you're just experiencing so many years of stress that it's just become normal to the point where you're in this, it's kind of like putting a frog in boiling water. Uh, you put them in before the water boils, but they don't really feel it. Until, they basically die once the, it reaches a, a heating point. So it almost seems like nurses are put into academia with that mentality of stress. And then when they get into the hospital, it's like that stress continues. And it's not just nurses. uh, Medical students as well are put into this high-stress academia um, curriculum. And then when they get out, it's like the stress is constant. So it's it's almost like you need to be self-aware of what's going on around you. 
a lot of things need to change so that these cultures can change as well. Um, the best cultures are the ones who are self-aware of the amount of stress you're putting on your employees and also as a leader what you're doing as well. And I think the best way to do it, to, to, to solve these issues is to be self-aware, change some of the stress load that people are receiving, some stuff that's unnecessary uh, needs, to, needs to stop. Um, for example, we can easily control bad behaviors. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and we can easily control staying away from gossip, staying away from negative um, talk. So there's as f- long as I've been a nurse, I've always heard the term nurses eat their young. Have you heard that? Yeah. What do you think about that? I've never personally experienced it, but I've heard people experience it with their own stories. It told me, and um, they, it, it's usually just poor coping on the part of the person who is who is putting out the negativity, and they're either in a bad way with their own work environment or whatever, but they're projecting it onto other people. But it is a culture that can exist. Um, it does exist. It definitely does exist. Okay. As far as I've as far as I've been working, I've heard that several times. I, I'm just saying I never experienced it, but I've heard other people say it, and they've experienced it. So, what I what I can say is that um, it's don't take it personal. It's not. It's nothing against you. That's that's it. It's that other person's problem, and try not to take it personal. And eating your young is a culture. I feel um, shouldn't be tolerated, but like we said, we're talking about toxic work environments, so things are going to be tolerated that maybe shouldn't be. So, when I hear the, the term "nurses eat their young," I feel that already you're putting in, you're setting the tone for negativity. So, I almost feel bad for the person who is mentioning that. It's almost as if they're they got bullied early in their life by a nurse and now they're gonna repeat the, the same offense and it's just a repetitive cycle that number one it just needs to stop period because negativity like that and you do it to share your frustration share that type of uh, mentality into somebody else it just doesn't help anybody and it's a cyclical nature of just of um, negativity and bullying I think you just need to stop it yeah I agree um, I don't i never been part of that i've always greeted the new nurse i've always tried to show them around i tell them where to go i'm a friendly face so i always want to lead by example uh, i'm not sure how much it's picked up but that person i've never heard a bad thing come out so i do know that my way my the way i've treated the nurses is, is effective it can still happen in toxic work environments with other nurses don't get me wrong but just um they does need to stop for sure and i don't know i don't know um where the mentality comes from other than they were treated that way too so it's been a problem for a long time yeah it has been um with at least i think so i think it could be a psychological thing um Maybe they just feel inadequate, or maybe they feel threatened because newer nurses are coming in, and they feel that they need to have some type of fighting chance to be a part of the to be relevant. You know, 
Yeah, I, I agree that with the whole um, new faces, there's a threat there. Uh, I think that you get territorial kind of, um, especially the, new, the older nurses that have been there a long time. They feel this is their space and this is the way it's done or the new nurse comes in and questions things and they take it the wrong way because they're not thinking in the same terms as that new nurse. Sometimes these older nurses and experiences just forget what it was like to be new and they need to have a little bit more empathy towards their own co-workers yeah. because uh, they, I remember several times saying to people, don't you remember when you were new how you were so nervous about, you know, doing something or this or that and and I remember feeling that I was going to take months to get comfortable where I was. And um, so that memory sticks in my head. So I think some of these nurses just forget. They forget because they've been doing it for so long. They forget what it's like to be new. It's hard being new. You know, it's, these work cultures that are negative do exist. I think if I think for you to, th- to think that they're not around you must either be young in the field and have never really fully experienced enough time on the field to understand these cultures. Um, you're ignorant, you just have no idea, or you're a bully and you don't see yourself, you don't see a problem with these things. You're part of the environment. Yeah, you're part of the environment. You're, and you're so part of the environment that you don't think there's anything wrong with these. And you don't even consider it being a toxic work environment. You just, you just It's just the way it is to you. Well, you know, part of that with thinking you're in the, to- the toxic work environment, if you can't cope with it and you are feeling that dread of going into work or you're avoiding certain people and you're feeling sick or you get headaches fre- frequently at work, part of that is you're now you're now evolving into that toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is being self-aware. Like Aaron said earlier, you have to be self-aware in this in the situation because you start doing the patterns that per, that contribute to the toxic work environment. You start, and if you're not careful, you'll you'll not realize that what you're doing is you're rolling your eyes or you're not participating with communication or you're withholding information or you're creating this um, space of negativity and it's just perpetuating the problem. So if you're having trouble with that, it's definitely time for you to have an end game in plan. Yeah. The mentality that it's just the way it is, it's just so fucked up. Um, I, I came into work, I think I, I got called into work, um, I'll tell you a personal story that I got called into work. They had me on pushback and I came in like a mid shift and I guess they were busy and it's typical sometimes, you know, you're called in, you can make it earlier because eventually, you know, you're supposed to be coming in at 11 instead of seven. So you come in um, to, you know, to help out, no big deal. You just come into work, it's like an average day. Um, so I don't know if maybe the nurses pro- during the shift were stressed out, they were overworked. So I came in and I put my stuff down and I'm being rushed by a couple of nurses. They're telling me, hey, hurry up and um, get your stuff so I can give you a report. And it, was, it seemed kind of hostile to me. So I called them out and I'm like, can you guys take it easy? I, I, I got to put my stuff down. I got to gotta get ready to, to come in, you know, haven't even clocked in basically. Um, 
and one thing led to another and I basically said, listen, I don't need to be bullied around. And the response I get from one of the nurses is, well, then you chose the wrong profession. And I took a second to think about that. And I was like, what the hell? To have, to be at that level, and this was like an older nurse, you know, probably been doing it for 20 plus years. And to be at that level where you're just verbalizing that, what kind of crap have you been through that has caused you to have that mentality where a, a, a nursing profession where you're supposed to be healing and helping people, you're doing the complete opposite of that. You're intimidating, you're bossing somebody around, you're not being helpful, and I understand you're going through stress, but you should never put your negative, uh, your projections, your negative things, to, negative feelings towards somebody else. You're supposed to be there to help each other. And that, it's in fact, what I, was, what I was doing is I was coming in to help. I don't need to be the target of some type of um, uh, vent, if so to speak. I mean, I took it in stride. What I call. What did you say to her? Um, you know what? I forgot. But that made me. Th- <laughs> I don't think I said anything. Um, I, I usually, if it gets bad enough, I'll say something because I don't really like to to sit and just take things if it if it really bothers me. I think p- certain certain behavior should be called out. So if you also, I I believe if you see somebody being bullied and you let it happen, and you don't say anything, you're just as guilty as the bully because you're supposed to be standing up for your coworkers. Sometimes it's hard for people to take a stand like that. Um, I, I, they, they're afraid of retaliation on themselves, and they're afraid that um, they'll start being bullied as well. And I'm wanting to be the one to say and encourage everyone to, we need to stop the trend now. We need to make ourselves, um, we need to make the situation known. We need to make things apparent to the manager. Um, we need to go higher than the manager. And I think that we need to start creating a culture of respect and trust within each other and ourselves so that we can um, progress further as nurses and a, and a powerful group that we are. I, We're going to have to make this uh, episode maybe two parts because we do want to dive in not in like a specific form of toxic work environment. We do want to talk about quote-unquote lateral nurse violence. Which horizontal is, hostility. Which is such a bullshit term for basically <laughs> uh, nurses who are bullies. Um, but that'll be another episode. We do want to get into questions and maybe see if we can help resolve some issues from some of the questions that we've uh, we've received. So, do you want to go into into them? You want me to do my... I have one. You have one? Yep. Okay. I'll start. It says, a senior nurse has been bullying me when I'm in charge because she doesn't think I've been nursing long enough to be in charge. She has threatened to retaliate against me for what she perceived to be a bad assignment. My manager has set up a meeting between the three of us, and I requested HR to attend. Was this a bad idea? She waved her finger at me this past week in my face. I don't think my manager will do anything and I'm concerned about her retaliating against me for speaking out against her bullying. Any thoughts? Ooh, um, I think, first of all, what's happening is the right, is, is definitely the right thing to happen. So we're hearing, so there's always three sides to the story. There's the person telling it, there's the other person's side, and then there's the truth. So we're gonna go off 
on the questions from the person's point of view if everything is right and correct because we can't just assume or suspect we just have to go with whatever's being given to us it's it, definitely their perspective so and it's their perception so in this case um everything that's being done is the right thing i think the managers absolutely needs to get hr involved because if the person who is feeling bullied feels that there's going to be retaliation um, they definitely need to get hr involved so that everybody's on the same page look at the end of the day we don't want to get rid of people we're trying to help people and people who have been through a lot of stress they sometimes end up kind of negative end up um, they turn into bullies without them even wanting to but i believe that Everybody has to. Everybody has the capacity and the will to change if they want to. And at the end of the day, we're we're a group, we're a family. We need to collaborate. So if you're going to get HR involved, the manage, management's going to get involved, and both individuals, there needs to be come out. There needs to come out with a solution where things are harmonious. I completely agree that there needs to be an HR person at that meeting. I agree. I agree. Everything that this that this scenario has been doing so far, with the sense of getting a meeting, getting it on record, um, the managers talk, getting all of them together. Um, you're getting a perpetrator. You're getting the person who's complaining about them. There's transparency with the complaint, and with there's um and there's transparency with who's going to be involved. I completely agree with all of that and I think that if there is retaliation which I don't think would happen it might be undermining or um, very subtle but she can um, utilize that and take notes you know be um, be aware of things that have that might happen and um, retaliation wouldn't get her anywhere in no, if it's done the right if way. it's a really bad work environment and and she's allowed to retaliate and that that the person who's trying to be charged, trying to be a go-getter, she needs to um, she needs to look for a, a different place. She needs to look for a different place because there are places where retaliation, if everybody's in cahoots, they'll allow it, and it's really messed up. But those are the type of places you don't want to be a part of, as especially for your own career and your own your own mental health, your own mental sanity. You don't want to be around places like that. And calling that woman out on her behavior is appropriate. It is appropriate. And if somebody, I'm so glad she did. If somebody's being bullied, you need to call them out. And if somebody's misbehaving or doing something wrong, you need to call them out. I would say call them out in a, in a loving way, um, even though it's hard. But you definitely, you know, you're there for them. You're, you're there to help each other. So if you're going to call them out out of respect, out of there to help somebody, that's the best way to do it. You know, instead of talking to somebody behind their back, that just doesn't help anybody. No, it doesn't help any. It doesn't even help the situation. Second question. I'll read, and then we'll see what you say. Um, and then this will be the last question, so we're running short on time. I've been a nurse for about three years now and have worked in the ER for about two. I loved working at my old community hospital. Great nurse-patient ratio. Staff, along, uh, staff got along well. I never felt like I was drowning and felt supported by management and education. Downside was the acuity of the patients some, uh, were somewhat on the lower side. I left to work for a bigger inner-city inner trauma, one hospital, which I had heard great things about because I wanted to see and learn. My seven-week orientation was a shit show. I had a different preceptor every day. I found out half the staff had just left, quit, transferred. There were about 15-plus new hires, including me and a large amount of travelers in the department. I met with my educator a total of one time during this whole orientation period and I felt so unsupported by management. There are no patient nurse ratios 
There are barely any texts available and the department flow itself is so insufficient. To top it off, I'm rotating day nights and whoever is scheduling has and, wh and whoever is doing the scheduling has only given me one day off between rotations to adjust, which frankly is BS and trying to get a specific day off is like pulling teeth. I mentioned all this to the educator who basically dismissed everything I said. I've only been there two months and I feel like quitting and going back to my old position. I'm honestly not learning that much, but I know for trauma, I'll have to be there for at least a year. I'm getting paid less and the culture is toxic. I leave every day unhappy and at times it feels unsafe to practice. Not sure what to do. Let me just say, there's a lot going on in this. Yeah. In this, uh, Do you want to go for it? Well, I would just dive in and say... You made a you made a couple good point you made a couple points for your own sanity. You're not learning a lot. You're getting less pay, and you came there to learn. So if you're not even learning, what was the you're not getting what you wanted. So that alone means it tells me maybe you're not you're you don't need to you need to go somewhere else. He fell for the um, bright light. What's that metaphor? The bright light syndrome, where oh, it's shiny, it's yeah. it, it's shiny a big penny. trauma. Yeah, the shiny thing, and yeah. then guess what? You get it, and then and it just it's not what you expected. Yeah, I think that um, it definitely was a red flag that your preceptor changed. I, it does happen, but you needed to have somebody who could show you the ropes and teach you things as you went along. Um, the fact that you have to be there a year. I'm not quite sure if that means you before you can transfer within the facility, but if you have a spot back at your old place, just start over, um, get out of that environment. You're you're just putting yourself at risk. You're putting your license at risk, and if you're not getting support from the management and the educator, it might be beyond their control. But hmm. you got to look out for yourself. At that you, point, you have to. Assistant, yeah. That you, could, if there's no enjoyment at all from your job at all, I mean, you're not even getting you're not even getting good education. Like it'd be one thing if you had a great preceptor teaching you and you're learning a lot and you felt really empowered by what you're learning. But you're not learning, you're not getting supported, and you're getting paid less, and you're leaving unhappy. Sounds like you're complaining about everything. I just shit. I'm surprised you didn't complain about the food you're eating. <laughs> I, I just feel like that that's kind of a no brainer. And if you feel like you're stuck there. Don't feel like you're stuck there. If you feel like you can tolerate a certain amount of time, figure out your end date. And if it doesn't get better, you need to be done. And if you if it does get better, then and you it's something you can tolerate, well, then that's up to you. But it doesn't sound like there's any redeeming qualities for you to stay for. Nursing is a professional career. I'm just so surprised how much we're willing to put up with. It's just it's just nonsense. Um, and as nurses, we should definitely stand up for each other. It's just crazy. Uh, the shiny stone syndrome here. No, I mean I understand where he's coming from, but clearly that 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 didn't help. I believe also the preceptors. It should be one preceptor the entire time, or maybe two, because everybody has a different style of working, and yeah. you may not necessarily like the preceptor you're with, their style, but it's always good to learn a different style than your own. I would definitely get a preceptor who's not just a preceptor by name, who is a mentor, who cares about your quality as an individual, not just your skill set. 
Because a lot of times preceptors don't know where you are. So if you have the same one, at least let's say for the first half, they Mm -hmm. have the same one, they kind of know your level, and you're building on your level. But when you have a different preceptor all the time, they don't know your level. They're either assuming you know more or assuming you know less if there's no communication with that. And then you, um, you, precepting's part of getting to know the culture too. And if you don't have a mentor, your preceptor is at least somebody you can go to. Uh, you, it's kind of an unwritten rule that kind of happens. Here's a thought. If you're going to have multiple preceptors, it should be because they have a, a particularly strong skill set. So for so when you first right, start, right. have a preceptor who is good at introducing new hires to the unit and certain things like this is where this is at, this is where that. Then, then a preceptor who is a master at skills that they can teach you every single thing from putting IVs in to what to do in certain code situations or what their routine is for skills, chest tubes, uh, impella, CRTs. And then if, if there is, um, and I would honestly highly encourage another preceptor who's good at communication with families, that emotional intelligence. So it's not wrong to have multiple preceptors if, each, if there's a justification for those preceptors to teach you certain things, whether it's a skill set, introduction to the hospital, or their huge emotional intelligence um, advocates. advocates that are way above anybody else. And you want to learn from the best at every single thing because nursing is not just about skills and multitasking. It's about communicating with their patients, communicating with the families. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you... communication is a part of a healthy work environment. So, so all that. So that's the, only, that's, that, that's the only time I would say... Um, that uh, pre- multiple preceptors work, but it doesn't seem like that's the case here. It seems like they're just putting you in with whoever. Yeah, it seems like they're in a bad culture with all the new staff. You're also at a bad time because for whatever reason, they lost a lot of people and they hired a lot of new people. So you're in this flux of new people that don't know anything either, don't know the flow of the hospital, don't know the rules, regulations, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck in that environment as well, which all the newbies. And sometimes they might not be new at nursing, they're just new there. And that, you know, is just as um, hard to hard to work with. Yeah. Did you want to do one more or no? No, I don't think we have enough time, but we can definitely uh, touch touch this on another day. Uh, we want to keep these short and brief and kind of give you like an icing on the cake. And then later on, we'll delve really into it. into like really hot topics like bullying, which is a not just national. It is a huge world epidemic in the field of nursing and healthcare, um, which is something that needs to be spoken about. and needs to be treated immediately. Um, anything you want to say before we go? Um... No, I don't think so. We talked a lot about that, about what to do with the toxic work environments and how how uh, they affect you and um, that kind of thing. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's all for today. We're going to definitely ask you guys to give us a follow on social media, on Facebook, Aaron de Trinidad. That's also TikTok, uh, Instagram, at Aaron de Trinidad and LinkedIn as well. I'm always posting a lot of stuff. Um, and if you want to catch me on Twitter, we do a lot of communication of academia and just a really good community on Twitter. You can catch me at, at Aaron, V-R-N, A-A-R-O-N, V as in Victor, R as in Romeo, N as in Nancy. I'm on Twitter as well, Rebecca to Trinidad at B-R Roberts. And I have Facebook with Rebecca Porto to Trinidad and... 
you friend me, I will invite you to be becoming a better nurse page, which we have all our information on that as well. Thank you guys for listening to Becoming a Better Nurse, where we hope you guys eventually become a better nurse. Hey. Bye.